Welcome back to The Profitable Python. I'm your host, Ben McNeil, and on this episode, you will meet Lolita Goran. Lolita is a stress management expert, certified coach, author of the book, Crush Stress While You Work, multiple online course creator and speaker. After overcoming health issues due to a stressful work environment, she found simple ways to manage stress naturally without self-medicating. She believes that others need to take care of themselves in order to take care of others. Lolita resides in Houston, Texas, where she continues to teach, write, and speak to busy professionals on how to overcome stress and burnout. Lolita, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I want to kick this off right away and uh, ask you, when did you first discover simple ways to manage stress naturally? Well, um, you know, I didn't wake up one day and I said, you know what, we don't have enough of stress management coach. I'm going to be one, you know, <laughs> and I definitely was not dreaming to be one when I was in the kindergarten either. Right. You know, like I was not drawing a picture and saying, it's me. Yeah. So, uh, no, um, as you can tell, I'm not from here. Uh, I came to us from Lithuania 20 years ago. I cannot believe it. it actually, I came in 2020 and April 20th. So yeah, 20 years now. And so, so when I came here, obviously I knew that's a great opportunity for me to achieve American dream. And if you work hard enough, you can get it. So um, I already arrived with a degree, but then I went back to school to gain more knowledge and education here. So mm -hmm. then when I started um, working in um, corporate America, and again, in, you know, in any workplace, there's plenty of stress. You know, it's not like, oh, only in the corporate America you have stress and everywhere else it's just a breeze, you know. That's, <laughs> you know, that's not true. You, you can be working yeah. with one person and be very, very stressed out. So, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really matter where you work. But, yeah. um, but I found that was an opportunity for me to really prove it to myself and my family that, you know, yeah, you know, I can do this. And so when I started working, I was taking more and more projects. I was, uh, I wanted to impress my supervisor and, you know, you know how it is in this country, you have more um, opportunities to work, you take it, and then you have more responsibility, then you have more money for pay, and you know, and all this. So uh, soon I realized I was working like weekends and no Saturday, no Sunday. My, my weeks will be like 60 hours a week, mm -hmm. no lunch. And of course, you, I mean, there was no time even to use the restroom talking about going to the gym, you know, <laughs> out and take care of your stress levels and your health. And, yeah. obviously, you know, my lunch was hot pockets and or some leftover pizza in the break room. Mm -hmm. And um, that was pushing very hard. And I'm like, you know, I'm just I'm just going to do it. And at, at some point, it really impacted my health and my my hormones and everything. So, I mean, I just. End up on the floor, you know, in the kitchen, and I'm like, okay, now when I'm in the emergency room, I'm thinking, you know, well, this has got to stop. And I think it was very surprising to me because I was thinking, you know, I'm a young person, you know, that, that shouldn't mm -hmm. be happening to me, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. I could do this. But then, you know, when I talk with the doctors, they're like, well, that's, you know, it's stress levels, so it's just not taking care of yourself, and you just gonna go on like that. Of course, there were people who said, oh, not the, it's, first of all, it's not a big deal because all of us having stress. But mm. I mean, it's just true, right? Like we even plants stressing out, right? Why do you not have enough water? Yeah. It's, obviously, this is very natural things for us to have encountered stress every day. But we should know how to naturally control it or we need to learn how to manage it somehow. Just because we all have it, it doesn't mean that that's the way it should be. And right. I didn't want it to just take some pill and 
walk around like a zombie and say, oh, I don't care about anything. And, you know, so I was like, well, it has to be a way how to do this naturally. So I read lots of books, uh, participate in lots of workshops, coaching, I mean, anything on the natural ways. And I realized there, there's plenty, you know, plenty of things that we can do during the day. So we don't end up collapsing at the end of it. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, and when I start, so then I, I got all of those um, simple tips, you know, and techniques that I could use. And it was helping me that has to do you know, with, the, with the burnout, with the time management, with learning to say no, and it, all a bunch of things. And then I remember with some party and lady says, I really like, you know, your, your advice. And I think you should be a coach. And I'm like, a coach. Every time I thought about a coach, it's like, you know, swimming coach for Michael Phelps or something, you know, that's the coach, you know, like an, yeah. an athletics coach. For me, so stress management coach was like, hmm, okay. So I, I got certified with that. And then I, of course, I'm a certified life coach as well. And um, so I, I started teaching other people. It became a coach. And, and so that was like, what, seven years ago. And then uh, the, you mentioned my, my book, Chris Stress Body Work. It's available on Amazon and Kindle and, and the hard copy. And when I started talking with the clients and I will, will say, okay, what is our goal? Our goal is to be less stressed out. Okay, let's try us to say, you know, let's manage more time. Or, so I had a whole compilation of those tips and techniques that uh, were very effective. And so then I realized I just waste so much time of repeating myself over and over to, to the clients. So then mm -hmm. I just put into a book and um, then they published, you know, Chris Stress Quality Work. That is really just you know tips and techniques, and it's not not like a whole book about oh how bad is stress is. It's really right meat and potatoes. It's like you read it, you can open it, you can try out something, and you put it back on the shelf, and then next month can remember and pick up and try something new. Mm. And and um, as you mentioned, I have some online courses as well that it's geared towards the busy professionals. Of course, lots of tips about stress can be used not necessarily in the workplace. But since where I got the most of my stress, I thought we just not really paying enough attention to stress in the work environment. So, hmm. yeah, that started quite a few years back. Wow. Yeah, I think I think the most uh, like the thing that was really speaking to me that you just shared is like just because everybody's doing it or experiencing it doesn't mean that it's right or OK. Like that is that is like a slippery slope that I am constantly seeking out in my life to eradicate. Like. It is, it is not okay just because everybody's doing it. And um, the whole like self-medicating thing, like, I don't know, like I'll just jump into it right now, but I know there's like this huge, like uh, uh, basically pattern. A lot of people are going into like recreational use of marijuana and it's like, it's more, I mean, I, people have been using it for thousands of years, but I just kind of wonder if, because, you know, everybody's doing it now type thing if it's uh, gonna be taking a toll in this department. Um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the recreational use of marijuana? Just to jump right into it, I guess. <laughs> well, I think we all choosing what we want and just because somebody will say, oh, you shouldn't do that. It doesn't mean that you're gonna stop doing it. If something that you think it's working for you it could, you could change your mind in a year, for example, and say, you know what, I was wrong, that was not good for me. And then you just turn around, you go a different direction. But the thing really life is just about our personal experience. And just because mm. somebody tells you to do something or not to do something, is really ultimate choice is yours. 
is you know the same like a prohibition right we had the okay no alcohol but people still found a way how to make it you know still find a way how to get it so i think just if you tell somebody no you shouldn't do that it doesn't mean that it's going to change anything and we all know ourselves the best so if i think that that's what they want that's what helps me then go ahead mm -hmm. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I figured I'd just throw that in there. Uh, the other question I had for you was, what would you consider your first success as a certified stress management coach? Um, I, I was very happy that I finally could take my message to the masses because I knew that we all stressed out in the workplace. And I saw the shift that I, I, in, I started talking with the clients and I had clients that they were business owners and now we'll tell them, look, you're all stressed out, but you know what? Your employees are stressed out as well. And if you are a real estate agent and you have this um, agency and you keep on pushing them and they're all stressed out, are they going to get to the point they burn out and the productivity will drop? So mm -hmm. This means the profit line also is going to drop. So, um, and at the beginning, it was like, oh, I'm just so stressed out. And they will do only the personal one-on-one uh, -on -one consultations with me. And then I will tell them, you need to invite me to speak to your company as well. And, and they were like, yeah, okay, but no, um, I'm not going to spend money for you to come anymore. And, and I thought, gosh, if only I just can talk to more people. You know, like when you get in front of the masses, then, then you can get your message across. You know, mm -hmm. you have to talk one by one-on-one. -on -one. And then I gradually saw how things started to change because we – have more of uh, wellness programs in the companies now. So I do, uh, I speak in the companies, lunch and learns. That could be um, just an hour up over, you know, brown bag something that I that I talk to the to the groups, or it could be a half a day workshop where we really get more deeper in the specific. Um, I explain how to do specific exercises and create a stress management tools that are very specific and personal to that particular person, like the you know, it's a workshop, so you create your own tools. And I'm just so pleased right now that um, it used to be wellness programs for the companies would be, oh, this is so easy. We're just going to hire somebody how to show what exercises we need to do. You need to you know, walk, walk around the block or you need to go to the gym. You need to do a yoga class. Oh, and then probably nutrition, you know, don't eat sugar and carbs and you'll be fine. But that's not all. It's, it's you know, and I heard so many stories about those health gurus that you know oh they, they, they look really good they look skinny they eat only smoothies and all the you know vegan stuff all of this and then like oh i don't know i have cancer i mean how come this could happen to me right well, because the one part that we never you know it's there but we don't pay attention to is the level of stress and that is so invisible you really don't don't really see it happening because we think everybody has it, so it's not a big deal, like that's the normal. But now there's more and more attention being really put on weight. It's not only about nutrition and not only about exercise. Your, you know, your mental health is very important. Like, like, you know, pandemic. I mean, you know, that's important of knowing uh, how, your, how healthy your brain is. You know, it's like to talk with other people, to, uh, to, um, beat the loneliness and and i think this time all lock lockdown is really help us to understand that your mental state is extremely important mm. it will make you sick and you make and you can put you over the edge so um, i'm very happy that i got um just uh, approached by companies and they were like yeah we just went on linkedin and we just 
type in stress management coach and, and we want you that you come and talk to us. And I have those invitations. I have invitations to other podcasts and other shows on TV that they're like, okay, this is the time you need to tell us. How come we didn't know about this? It's like, we all knew about this. But I think what it was surprising to me when I start um, coaching uh, and, and, and talking with other people about stress management, they would say, oh, you don't understand. We don't, I don't have time for this. It's like, well, who says that the, you know, stress management should not be stressful, you know, as <laughs> and, yeah. it, and, and just because it is impacting your life so much, it doesn't mean that it has to be so difficult and complicated. You know, it's kind of like, um, we think, oh, if uh, you buy a book and it costs you only a dollar, then it's less value than some book if you're going to pay for a hundred dollars. So they think about stress like, well, I'm very, very stressed out. So this means I have to do something very, very difficult in order to offset that stress. Well, that is not really true. There's so many little techniques that you can do through the day, manage your time, manage your energy, you know, like a sim simple thing like, um, imagine I will give you a glass of water and I tell you to uh, tell me how heavy it is. Well, you can give me whatever number, but it really will depend how strong your hand is and how long you want to hold it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with stress. It's like if you, know, if you have a glass of water and you're holding for a few hours, you probably won't be able to hold it. But if you just hold it and you put it back and then five minutes later you pick it up and you hold it and again you put it back, then you can you know, do this exercise you know, all day. It's the same thing as with stress. And... And this, we are so workaholics that we think that, you know, and, and I tell this simple uh, trick, set your alarm. You know, we all have cell phones these days. So use technology for something good. Set an alarm and every hour, stop whatever you're doing and say, you know, I'm just going to close my eyes, breathe in, breathe out. And this is time for me. And I'm going to just stop doing or thinking whatever. It's just a little break. Of course, again, disclaimer, if you're driving or operating machinery, <laughs> please do not do this in the herd yourself and others. But if you can yeah. just, just stop, and, and we just put your workaholics, it's like, you just work, 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 and you know, you think it was, you know, you sit down, it was nine in the morning, and now it's already 4 p.m., and it's like, geez, what day went? Mm -hmm. and, and this is you holding the glass of water all day long. So you have to make yourself to actually take just a simple break. And like it taking one minute in one hour and I have plenty of clients who say, Oh, you don't understand. You know, I, I am so busy. There's no way. And I'm like, give me a break. You seriously won't be able to take one minute out of your hour just mm -hmm. to close your day, you know, just close your eyes or, or it, it just, or build your habit with another habit. Like for example, you go have a glass of water. Well, maybe this is the time for you to just shut your eyes and breathe in, breathe out. Or, you know, you have to use the restroom. So why do I make that, uh, that visit to the restroom a little longer and then just close your eyes? Especially yeah. that we, we saw with technology and we constantly look in the computer screen and we rarely blink, you know, like we're supposed to blink so much we don't even blink. Mm. And, you know, and you can spend hours on your phone on any technology and, it, you know, it can be good for you, but it could be also bad. So you, you and it doesn't have to. Stress management should not be stressful. You, you definitely can do plenty of things that you can incorporate into your day and be more productive and less burn out. And, and it doesn't have to be that complicated. There are plenty of things you can do. And just, you just need to make yourself do it. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a funny message. Like, my phone is dying, but I'm too busy to plug it in, to charge it. <laughs> like, like what, is, what is this? 
And it's like, uh, I, I've even seen it. Like there's something glamorous about people will, they'll say like, what is that one thing you could do all day from like when the sun comes up till it goes down? Like, and then people like, at least that, that's what I've heard. And even some of these self-development things trying to help you find like your superpowers and stuff. And it's like, that is terrible. If you can like, like for me, I thought it was programming and like coding, sitting in front of a screen, not blinking all day. Oh, I love it. That's like, <laughs> like what you're saying is really speaking to me. Like you've got to find time for yourself. You've got to be like, if you want to help other people, you've got to find this time to help yourself. It's crazy. I, I'm just, I'm reflecting right now on like even my day to day. Like I did not do what you said and that's terrible. And you know, and I have uh, clients, they would tell me, especially women, they're like, oh, I have to take care of my kids. I have to go to work. I don't have time for, uh, mm -hmm. you know, closing my eyes. And, and I always say, okay, so who's going to take care of that family and those kids when you will be in the hospital? Yeah. Because that's not going to be the time to think about that. Why don't you take care of yourself now so you don't have to uh, think about that later? It's kind of like, you know, when you sit in a plane to about to take off, they always fly attendant says, you put the mask on you first and then you help somebody else. It's the mm -hmm. same works. But I think it's the, it's the issue that we are such a workaholics that as soon as somebody closes their eyes and say, hey, I'm going to take 15 minutes by myself now to meditate. We look at those people like, oh, they're so selfish and lazy. they're so lazy. How could you do this? And yeah. it's it's not about that. It, you know, if somebody's just gonna work ten hours, I like I used to do. At the end of the day, you're looking at something you don't even see it anymore. So then the next morning you look at it again and like, how could they write something so stupid? You know, like in that moment it looked like fine to me. Mm -hmm. Basically, we will just make more errors than we have to do it later. It's like, why don't you space that time and make somehow time manage and take a break so you're not burned out, so you don't have to redo the same things over and over. And, you know, when I would talk with them, that was one of the, the keys when I was talking with the business owners. I'm like, that's where you need to invite me to your company and really implement those um, burnout tips and techniques that you actually, it's not just oh, my employees will be lazy for 15 minutes. It's like, mm -hmm. no, they will be less burned out. They will be more productive. And that's effective your, your, your bottom line. The less yeah. mistakes being made, the more profit you'll get. And more than that, everybody's more happier. The relationships are better between the, the coworkers. And I read there was a research that if people are less stressed, they are willing to work in the place where they get paid less instead of a, uh, another job that they get paid more, but they have bad relationship with coworkers or they're all stressed out. So hmm. it's Crazy. really about how it makes us feel. It's like, okay, paycheck, having a big paycheck, it's okay. But if that makes you stressed out and you basically going to make yourself sick, it's like, mm, you know, maybe you need to take care of your stress. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Um, what would you say? I, I know you, like I was looking at your website and you've worked with many, many people. And I was just curious, what kind of result are you most proud of when working with your clients? Like, what is that like transformation that whenever you see it, you're like, oh, that's just, that's why I do this. Well, when I meet someone and in the, the, the first, you know, uh, the first session, they tell me, no, no, you, you don't understand. I don't have time for this. And then seeing them 
as you know, the the more and more coaching, the more into uh, months and weeks, and they become, uh, they have they find courage to actually do the breaks, to the, to the exercises, and invest in their own, uh, you know, stress levels and help themselves. And then mm-hmm. later they tell me, oh, you know what? Um, I had a friend and she invited me for lunch, and I told her, you know what? No, no. <laughs> I don't have time for this. And you know, yeah. taking care of themselves, and they're like, "Wow, you know." And I was taking breaks. I was, I took my lunch, and um, and actually, I was able to go home and had plenty of energy to actually play with my kids. You know, and then they're like, "Wow, I didn't know I could do this, and now I'm able to do this." It's like we just need a little push, a little encouragement, and saying it's okay to be selfish. Selfish is not really a bad thing. You cannot yeah. help others if you don't help yourself. So when I see someone who tells me, I don't have time for this, not even uh, have a, a five minute break, and then suddenly saying, oh yeah, I know, and, and I tell them no, and that's what I'm doing, I'm feeling so much better, or I don't even need to take medication. I have clients who will come uh, to me with the, the neck will hurt. Well, you know, this is where all the stress sits. And then they're like, oh, I realized I didn't need to take painkillers. It's like, oh wow, that, you know, it's like, Great, you just saved uh, yourself, uh, you saved the, the, the liver and, and the money and the time going to the doctor to get those painkillers. So it's yeah. you know, so related to stress. Hmm. Wow, that's, that's wild. Uh, I was curious just because the new paradigm that we're all operating in right now with so, social distancing life, I was curious how have people's needs changed uh, with this remote work and even a lot of people being recently laid off in your line of work, have people's needs changed or not really so much so um i have some clients who are now coming back to me and uh, there are two two types of one oh i'm now sitting inside the house and um i don't know how i'm going to make this with all of this happening around me like i cannot concentrate that the, the kids keep on coming to my office and and how i'm going to handle my team and all of this and then we have you know i live in houston so you have plenty of people who work in oil and gas and yep. it's just like, this is the end of the world mm-hmm. and how we're going to handle this. And, you know, and, and I always say, you know, when I live in Houston, so we always, um, not always, thank God, I always, but many times we have hurricanes during yeah. the summers. And, you know, when, when they're about to come, there is always on the news something that says, hey, don't forget to, to get your you know, water and get the batteries and get your medications and, and stack it somewhere you know, in the, where you can reach it and, and have your plan, what's going to happen if the hurricane comes. And this is like every year like that. And this is such a natural thing to us. It's like, yeah, okay, this is what, this is what we're going to do. And all right, the hurricane came and left and didn't touch us. Yay, and it touched us. Okay, now we're going to do and it's not a big deal. Why? It's not because it is continuously coming every year. Well, of course, you know, you get used to things, but it's about you have a plan. Because the unknown is this is what the bigger killer is, is we hate the unknown. Our brain loves to be comfortable with the dealing with the things that we already know how to deal. It's like, you know, that's what they say. If you're not afraid um, with the, your new goal, that's mean the goal is not big enough, you know, because we like the comfort. So you have to create your comfort. You need to, you know, uh, think about how you're going to handle because now you're unemployed. So the first thing you need to do is you need to create a plan. It's not like just running around and thinking this is the end of the world. It's like, okay, let's just think about it. What is the worst thing that can happen to you? You know, and, and I recommend my clients just take a piece of paper and write it down. And writing down is really good thing because that's how the brain 
concentrates and you know we when we get something on the paper we feel better and then just think about it what's the worst that can happen it's like okay well i'm going to lose my job then i'll be on unemployment okay what are the things we need to cut then you need to update your resume what people you need to get in contact um maybe what's the worst that can happen okay the worst the I won't be able to pay for the house. Okay, well, then you're going to go back to your parents to live, right? What's the worst that can happen? Um, unemployment right now, okay, maybe you need to work in a grocery store now. And so going deeper, deeper, deeper into the, the scenarios that probably will never happen, that hopefully they will not happen. But when you kind of introduce this to yourself of saying, okay, this is how it can be, how I'm going to do it. And then when you get into a situation thinking, you know, well, I'm not going to die, really, you know, I we can handle this and I can handle this and this and this one too as well. You get all the way to the, you know, rabbit hole and then you think, you know, I think I'll be okay. And then, then suddenly it's not that scary anymore because you already have a plan. It's just like the hurricane, you know, it's coming, you know, it's coming, but you already have a plan. You're like, mm. okay, I'm just going to wait until it comes by, you know, and it passes. And that's exactly how, you know, things are right now. And it, this too shall pass. We just need to have a, a plan and, tell ourselves and, and, and it's not a big deal. Also, I recommend to think about um, all other hurricanes, you know, that come through your life. You know, we, we, always, we all went through life when there's something was very stressful happening. Like we all lost a job, or not all maybe, but uh, there was something scary or you, it, you know, you, you had a relationship that didn't work out or, or some, some things that you thought that you're just not going to survive when that happened. But you lived through that. So it's your victory. So make a list of those things that you actually handled and, you know, and look at yourself and, and think, hey, you know, I, if I did all this and I didn't die, um, and, you know, if those people who are listening to me now, they probably made it because they can listen to me. So, so I appreciate this. And when you get into uh, like this panic and anxiety of thinking, oh my God, this is the end of the world. What's going to do now? Just remember, you, you know, it's, it's been situations, you handle it. And the, the thing that doesn't look to us that, oh, it wasn't a big deal of handling something that ended because we experienced this so personally. And now we like, we all in this together. And we uh, like, you know, such a group that if somebody says, hey, let's jump off the cliff, we all say, yeah, let's go jump off. It's like that you could be like having a nice day and, and enjoying, you know, like you feel productive. And then you suddenly put the news on is like, Jesus, there's the end of the world. And then you start worrying like, oh, mm. well, gee, this is really bad. Or you, you have some friend who calls you and say, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. So I also recommend right now just just cut off the news. Just if you have yeah. to watch the news, just pick one news news channel and you just watch it. And I'm like, okay, all right, this is this is how it is. If you need to be informed, you know, pick something. But now they just hang on every news there is, every, every article. You just wind yourself up and you get more stressed out. I mean, we stress ourselves more than anybody else stressing us out because mm -hmm. your thoughts really you can control it depends where you put your energy you know where you put your attention so it's like if you've done this before and you manage some you know hurricanes through your life you can manage the same too have some faith in yourself you know read the list of things that you've done be proud of yourself and see what you can do now instead of just freaking out have a plan and and, and go on hmm. wow it, it almost seems like your your niche is this uh the stress management zone 
but really you're just empowering people like at a fundamental level. It's like giving them courage, giving them confidence. Like you can, you can claim back this time that you thought you didn't have like that. It's really, I don't know. I, I find it fascinating. Uh, your, your gift sounds amazing though. Thanks for sharing all this stuff. I hope it helps. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how do you see uh, these stress management tactics pivoting once we go back to cubicle life or, or is that not even like a, the right question? Like, is it the same regardless of, of this? I think um, this, all this lockdown and pandemic really showed us and magnified things that were good or that were bad. Mm. And in, in, I remember all of this lockdown started, um, you know, you turn on the news and they, you know, they say, well, you need to take care of your mental health. And, and I was like, wow, they actually saying that on the news before <laughs> then nobody knew what the mental health was. Yeah. So it's very good that now we have all of those, you know, issues, like I said, talk about nutrition, talk about exercise, but Hey, guess what? We have brain. We need to take care of our mental state as well. And um, I hope that this will carry on. I hope that we will think more about, oh, how that makes me feel, and oh, how do I need to comfort myself, or how do I need to reach out, how I need to take care of myself. And you know, I ask my, my, my clients, I'm like, what kind of person you want to be after all this is done? It's like, because now you have time on your hands, you know, they're like, no, I still don't have time. It's like, okay, let me think about it. You used to go to the office, you wake up, you need to get dressed, get ready, then you beat traffic. If you live in Houston, you're probably going to spend two or three hours just in traffic. Really. Holy moly. You know, by the time you go there and you come back home. So it was like, so think about it. All of those hours you add up and this is the time that you can actually do for something productive. And you don't have to spend the whole day. Like, for example, maybe you wanted to read that book that's 600 pages, you know. Well, do it. Give yourself 15 minutes to read every day. But mm -hmm. I think in this, we need to look forward to something. I think this is what people also get so stressed out and driving themselves nuts is that we don't know when it's going to end. You know, like a hurricane, we know it's going to come at two, three days, going to pass and we'll, we know, we'll be back to normal. Mm -hmm. Here it's like, okay, we locked down. We, we're going to reopen the businesses, but we don't know how many businesses will be alive then. And the unknown is really scaring us. It's, yeah. So I think it's very good to, to have a goal and say, you know what, for all of this time, I'm going to find something that I enjoy doing is for myself and just doing it every single day. You know, little things that you never had time to do it. You know, read a book, maybe write a book, you know, learn something or watch your favorite show. You know, now yeah. there's so many shows. I'm like, when I watch on, on Netflix, it's like, I wonder how many lifetimes I need to have to in order <laughs> to see all the shows. Yeah. You have, you have to find something for yourself that you enjoy doing it and you're yeah. looking forward to it. Also, I recommend um, my clients, I'm like, think about it after all of this is done and you go back to your normal, whatever you were doing or, or, or not doing, but it's, what is you, you going to do? Is it going to be on vacation? What's the vacation? You, you, where you want to go? Maybe you just want to go to your favorite Starbucks and sit and read the book or, you know, play on your phone, whatever. But you need to have a goal that you're looking forward to. So that waiting, it doesn't feel, you know, so, so stressful. It's like, my gosh, this thing just never ends. So create yourself a, a goal, you know, that you do every day. So mm -hmm. that at the end of it, you're like, hey, I achieved this. You're like, yeah, you know, I, I, I read the War and Peace, you know, while you know, we all were locked, locked in. So, yeah. so have a goal, do it every day and have some 
little reward what you're going to do for yourself and how you're going to you know have a little treat after all of this done so you're kind of looking forward to it and you instead of thinking oh just another day at home of thinking yeah another day at home another day passed by it's closer to my goal mm -hmm. yeah wow that's powerful i like that a lot um do you find that uh women and men suffer from the same stressors or are there certain patterns that seem to follow each gender yeah, well, the stress is, um, the women and men handle stress very differently. Okay. And um, so the stress levels uh, in women really depend on oxytocin and, and the men, testosterone. So, for example, uh, now we have um, plenty of women getting in the workplace and, you know, doing stuff they like to do in the careers and, and such. And they actually suffering more in the work environment where, uh, there are other people in the competition because um, it's not it, it's the competition in the workplace is testosterone driven that's why men thrive in it and I know the power going to be women say what do you mean am I weaker it, no we just um, we're being driven by different things and mm. so when for example when the woman is going to the to work and she encounters stress usually what happens she comes back home and then she wants to talk about it and she's going to complain and complain and complain and the man's thinking jesus i mean i was just at work all day working now i have to deal with you like it's hmm. like they you know and men are very um solution oriented it's like if the woman comes back home and she complains how bad her work is and then she hates it so much he's gonna say well find another job it's like and the woman's like no that's not that's not what i mean i mean i just want to talk about it so we handle stress different way. And then, you know, the men like to go away and think about it and like, you know, go in man cave and then you get through this and, and then you go back and we'll find a solution, something. Yeah. And the woman's like, I don't know how you can just drop the issue and just, you know, do you think it's going to be on its own solved? So yeah. we, first we need to understand we handle stress very differently. And then we need to understand that we need to give each other what do we need in order to recuperate, get out of this. So the best scenario is if the wife come back home or the girlfriend or whoever, a friend, somebody, and, the, and she complains a lot, the partner should just listen, nod, really listen, look, and say, wow, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Yes, yes. And then what? And then what? Wow, wow, wow. And they say, oh, you know what, honey? Everything is going to be okay. Come here. I'll give you a kiss and a hug. You'll make it. You're so strong. I know you, you, you can do this. And no solutions how to improve it just listen and like that itself everyone will be happier because the woman got to vent and the man provided her the what she needs which is support and just listening and then uh, she's happy and then he's happy because he gave her what she needed and then everybody's happy and then they can go on with the day 10-15 minutes instead of having a, a big argument over i don't know why you're stressing out about this and and all of this that can really impact the relationship and make ourselves more stressed out. So, hmm. um, so the women to have to, to offset this testosterone-driven workplace and, and any stress is women need to cuddle more, listen more, and kind of get kind of more with other women and, and kids and, and have more of that closeness. Mm -hmm. um, 
happy chemicals in the brain. And when the man is stressed out, need to have to find something that he can do on his own or with his friends, and that will be more testosterone driven. That's why men love playing games because it's like, yeah, you know, you're getting out of this world and you get a competition and you're like, yeah, I'm achieved something. I'm 11, 55 now, you know. So, so you know, everybody has their own little things, but as long as we understand that we're all different and if we just give each other what we need and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, I say, just because you're different, it doesn't mean you're wrong. You're just different. I mean, I think mm. being different is great. I mean, that's that's why this world is so beautiful because we're different. Imagine if we all will be the same. That's That would be like impossible. So as yeah. long as we understand each other, we give each other what we need, I think we'll be peace in the world. Hmm. Wow, that's that's really uh, profound. Just, I, I think about, because like I work in an office with like 30, 30 people and the male to female ratio is pretty healthy. And um, it just kind of makes me wonder, like, when you're in the thick of it, stressful environment, like, like maybe a project shows up that you weren't planning on, and they needed it done like yesterday type thing. It's just even, it's what you're talking about is interesting just to think like, man, people are experiencing this in real time, except they can't go like, play with their friends or something like that. And so it just kind of, uh, yeah, it really just opens up a little can of worms there. Like, maybe like, getting back to like, you know what, if you feel like you need to go take a walk or something like that, or maybe you didn't need to go play a game on your phone. Like, I don't know, but it's, it seems like what you're, what you're talking about, does the technique change at all while you're at work, I guess. So uh, I can, I can, uh, can tell you something that would not take that much time and you can get in control of, you know, stress, I think starts, um, especially in the office, in, in your mind, really, right? So your, your, your thoughts, as you know, is like a, like a train that can just pick up the speed and jump yeah. off the cliff, you know? Yeah. So the, the, the key is to really, really stop it before it starts moving. So if you feel like you, you, you drained, you, you know, you burn out or you, you know, stressing about something and you think like, oh gosh, this project manager just, <laughs> you know, then if you can catch yourself at the beginning and First, you always need to ask yourself, okay, who is the most important person in this situation? You know, and that works in any, like, for example, you are in the middle of a traffic and there is, you know, some dude decides he's just going to cut you off, you know, like you want to show him in the finger, but you think, okay, all right, who's really stressing you out at that moment? It's you yourself doing it. It's your attitude towards the situation. So you need to say, I am more important to me now than that other person. But then, you know, of course, we, we're looking at more stress out. So then you need to have a little, what they call a stress management toolbox. And how you can manage the thoughts. You have to um, repeat something that you agree with that will take away the thinking and, you know, like taking you more into negative thinking. So you can have an affirmation that you can repeat, right? We all know what affirmations are, starts I am, and then, you know, you add some words. Uh, for example, I say, um, I am calm, collected, confident, and in control. And you just repeat the same sentence, you know. I, there are clients who love um, some something from the Bible verses or something. Anything you you know you you can make. You can even count like from one to thousand. You know, you just it, the key is to take those negative thoughts away from it because, mm -hmm. as you know, you, you cannot think two thoughts at the same time. You cannot be positive and negative at the same time. You maybe can shoot between those two very quickly, but. You just just get the control of your thoughts and repeat yourself something that inspires you, like you know, you know, reminds you who's important and you need to take care of yourself. But also there is um, another thing 
we forget to do is to really breathe. And I know everybody's like, oh yeah, I heard this before, breathe in, breathe out. But how many, many people actually hold their breath when you stress, like you just breathe in and you're holding and you know, that's, that's not good. So just taking breaths in and out, simple, mm-hmm. right? This is like elementary, it's like we all breathe, but just because it's something simple, it doesn't mean it's not working anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like I say, it doesn't have to be stressful or so big, something huge can be something small that can help you and very elementary and you know i heard so many breathing techniques it's like you breathe in counting to five did you hold to five did you breathe out to five and they were like five by five five by seven seven by twelve you know i mean i think it's all depends on how big are your lungs and how fast you can count so as long as you breathe in breathe out so as you something happens you repeat some affirmations, some sentence to yourself that helps you from negative thinking. Then you breathe in deeply in and out. That's actually feeding your brain oxygen and you know brings the blood flow into your brain, which is a physical thing, but it helps you to calm down. And also when you breathe in and out deeply and slower, your heartbeat also slows down. So that's mean your physical body goes from you know fight or flight, kind of you're taking control in a physical way. Also, um, have, have um, touch your body. Yeah. You know how kids, uh, when they get uncomfortable, they run for the hug. You know, anything happens, they run for the hug because we wire for the physical touch. And I know I get some eyes rolled when I say, yeah, and then, and then you know, touch yourself. It's like, oh, brush up. I'm going to do that if I'm in the meeting. You don't you know, I have to do all kinds of, it, it depends what kind of meeting it is, but yeah, it's easy. Look, you just, you can just massage your neck, you know, you just sit there and you just massage your neck. That's easy. It doesn't look like you're anything doing or like massaging your fingers. For example, you can be sitting in a meeting and massaging your fingers and comforting yourself and, you know, getting your stress level down and nobody even need to know. So, mm-hmm. so you think something positive, repeat yourself so you don't think too much of negative thoughts. Then you breathe in, breathe out. Um, and, and then you just, you know, just massage your neck or fingers or something, or you just brush your hand or, or something that gives you that physical touch. And then you can you can calm yourself down in, in a few minutes if you really, really do it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to take that that long. And you always need to remember, you're the most important person in the situation. You can take control of that. And just because somebody, you know, not being nice to you, is you the one who really punishing yourself because you kind of go, you know, you're leveling with them. Hmm. Yeah, wow. I think, I mean, I just reflect on my own, my own life experience, but sometimes I wonder if I like to punish myself, you know? And then I know there's other people out there like that that are like, you know, so hard on themselves. And so I was wondering if you had any insight, maybe it's exactly like what you just said, but people that tend to be real driven, real hard on themselves. I don't know if it's a testosterone thing or what, but I certainly experience it a lot. It's like on the, to the point where I'm thinking about like, okay, like I need to not do this type thing. I, I think it just has to do how we were raised. And, and there's so many, Oh, it's, it's a virtue. If you punish yourself, you know, it's, it, it is, um, it's a, it's, how can you be lazy? You know, this is, you cannot take 15 minutes break because then you look lazy and you won't achieve anything and you don't get the job and then you have no money and you're going to die. And then, you know, every, you know, everything we've been taught that. And yeah. uh, we also learn from our parents, our teachers, 
other people in our lives and we think that that's the way it should be. But I think we need to question ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing sometimes to tell yourself, hey, come on, you know, you know, stop sleeping till, you know, uh, nine o'clock in the morning and, and, and get some work done. And, and, and you can, you, you should push yourself, but don't push yourself over the edge just because you think that's what others are doing and that's what you should be doing. And uh, uh, one, one thing, what um, I remember I was talking with this, um, um, she was Reiki teacher or something. And uh, she was, um, I was, that was years ago. And I was telling her about my childhood experiences and how I feel about, you know, really, like you say, punishing myself. And, and then she was just looked at me and she said, but you know, what you're telling me, that's probably came uh, from people that you grew up, your parents, and that was their truth. Your truth is very different. And I was like, hmm. you mean I can have my own truth? <laughs> like, wow. So I would recommend always questioning. If you beating yourself up or, you know, anything that gives you negative emotion, like you feel bad, like, you know, it doesn't make you feel good. You need to always question yourself where they came from. And just because somebody taught you that, it doesn't mean that is, is right for you. Also, it doesn't mean that they wanted to hurt you either. Because when you look, there are lots of uh, our behavior patterns that really go from generation to generation. It's, it's like uh, where I come from, it, 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 it was a, a big deal of showing off how much you're suffering. Because if you're suffering so much, then, oh, then oh, you like elevated. I mean, look, nobody's giving medals for um, pain. You know, it's like, why do we, we, we think that if you punish yourself, that somehow is going to be better. At the end of the world, you know, uh, that's not going to even matter. And here's another thing. We, I, I say, if something worries you or you, you're stressing about something, ask yourself, will it matter in a year? If that doesn't matter in a year, it's not going to change your life, then why even worry? Like, just because somebody cut you off in traffic and this is, how is that going to change your life? Probably not, but it's going to make you sicker because you're all stressed out. So you always need to question where is that coming from? You, you're still in charge and you can, you know, just because you have a pattern doesn't mean that it has to be that way. We always, mm -hmm. I need to question ourselves. Yeah. I, that's like a very scientific, that's what a scientist would do. Like, you know, always question uh, the status quo. I love it. Um, so for people that are spending long hours writing code, I was just curious if like the strategy is a little different for them or is there like specific things for these type of people that are sitting in front of their computer screens or doing stuff with their hands all day, um, like, like typing motions, what are the biggest triggers of stress or solutions to kind of curb that type of stress? Or are they no different than any other QB working office person? Well, first of all, we're all different. So yeah. everyone have their own different needs. Okay. Uh, then we need to, uh, you know, th think about and identify where the stressors come from. There are some people who, um, just two groups, let's say, uh, introverts and extroverts. Mm -hmm. um, introverts love sitting at home right now by themselves because that's to thrive and by themselves. They yeah. hate people. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm exaggerating here. Yeah. Um, or now the extroverts are suffering because now they need to sit by themselves. So it really comes to what are your needs? But um, so your, your, your mental state is like, are you doing enough of things that um, you like? Is this, do you reward yourself at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Do you take mental breaks so you don't burn out? 
another thing, when somebody continuously sitting in the same spot, that's not natural to our bodies. So we need to stand up, you know, walk, walk around, um, you know, have lunch and walk around the block, um, run in one place, uh, do some stretching and tapping. They just, you know, just, just tap your body and you just feel how blood circulating and breathe in, breathe out. It sounds very simple things to do, but guess what? It works. And it doesn't have to take you, you know, half an hour. You know, and then I hear um, all the times like, well, I go to yoga twice a week. It's like, well, this is awesome. But what is that you do through the day? And it doesn't have to yeah. take you an hour. You know, just when you're talking with the project manager and they upset that you're not going to say, hey, can you hold a second? I'm going to run to my yoga class and I'll be right back in 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's not going to be so you need to know how you're going to handle that. It doesn't have to take that long. And, yeah. you know, I have going back to my book, Chris Stress While You Work, I have um, chapters there that, you know, talk about uh, mental stress, about how to release, you know, physical exercises and also how food also impacts our stress levels. I mean, did you know if you don't drink enough water, your brain capacity drops like by 20, 30 oh, percent and wow. you feel more stressed out? So it's like, we don't drink enough water too. So mm -hmm. there are little things that I think someone need to look at the schedule and really pencil themselves in there. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, from, you know, it, like you have a, a goal and you have um, every day your to-do list, those items need to be there, you know, stand up, you know, run in place five minutes, you know, uh, have some water. And build your habits to other habits. So, you know, when you do one, then you can do the other one. And those changes, you know, it really depends on you. And just because they're so simple, it doesn't mean that they don't work. They do work. You just mm -hmm. have to make it happen. Like, look at it like it's a serious deal. It's like a project that you need to do. And just your new project is you. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Um, I was curious, uh, when it comes to, so you had mentioned that you've done some corporate trainings. Uh I was, I was just curious, like, what was the big domino that you had to knock over to kind of go from doing these one-off, like one-to-one -one messages to like broadcasting your message? Or, uh, or is there something that you could knock over right now to have a bigger megaphone? I was just curious about that. Um, I think really it, it depends on the leaders and the work environment. Mm. If they care about uh, the uh, employees uh, they held also if they care about the um, profitability yeah and if they open enough of thinking you know what you're right you know we need to have stress management as well and getting to that conclusion you know that's the that's my really goal to get my message out like you know we used to nobody knew what the organic food was and now it's like oh yeah we all this organic now it's like so you know we, we need to get to the point when we say the decision makers really need to make decisions that they can introduce stress management into workplace and say, yes, that's actually needed too. And we need to take care of uh, mental health and we need to take care of the rest what comes with it. Mm -hmm. So, and um, I go and talk with companies and I being uh, approached by companies that they think, wow, you know, stress management now is very important. And it kind of goes also both ways if I uh, work with them business owners and do a one-on-one -on -one coaching and they're like, yeah, I know I really like this. Let, let's do for my, the rest of my company. So it kind of goes both ways. And many times I go to company and then I've been approached by someone who says, you know, I really 
I enjoy this and I think I, I, I really need to take care of this and I want to do one-on-one. -on -one. So it's kind of like kind of goes in, in and out and from different ways. Yeah. It's, it's almost like um, you can't, like they, it's almost like somebody that's in a decision-making position has to experience the effects in order for them to say like, I'm going to get, I'm going to do this for my people. It, it seems like if you were to, well, I'm just curious, I guess, like, could you market this and then have somebody be like, Oh, that's makes a lot of sense. Or is it like the culture is just not like that right now. I think after all of this pandemic lock, lockdown, I will be even more busier because this <laughs> is what we all realized, Hey, yeah. we need to take care of the stress. We need to take care of our mental health and um, how, yeah we can be prepared for the next time, you know, something happens. Mm -hmm. So I, I think from here on, it will be more because um, as soon as we all started all stressing out, you know, my, my phone keeps ringing and I created on, even online programs called Manage Stress during lockdown, just for this time. Yeah, I saw that. The new, that's a new course you have on your website. Right. You know, it's yeah. obviously for the time, for the limited time only, because soon we get out and we all go back to normal. Of course, it's going to be very different normal. You yeah. know, that's, that's not going to be there anymore, but there are plenty of ways how to manage. Hmm. Have you noticed any uh, trends with, because um, everybody was kind of forced into this remote work scenario. So that to me, as like a business owner, I would think maybe a stressor is like, I don't even know if my people are working. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I, I, I know there, and there are, there are business owners that they think for some reason that if uh, the employee sits in the office, they are working more if they will be sitting at home. It's well, a crazy thing. Yeah. You know, this is really depends on an employee. Mm -hmm. So I know plenty of people who sit in the office and they watch movies and play video games and read articles at, at work. And just because they're sitting at the desk, it doesn't mean they're producing. Right. And I heard now, um, because lots of, you know, were sitting at home, the, there's so much time was uh, saved. Like, you know, it used to be clients will go meet the lunches. You have to drive there. You need to sit in the lunch for about two hours lunch and you're driving back home. Half a day is gone. Now people sitting at home and they have not much to do and like how much of TV can you watch? So they, are working more. I mean, I, I have clients who they say, oh my gosh, I have so much business now because it used to take a few weeks for the client to come back and tell me what they want, what changes they want in the report. And now it's like two days later, they're like, hey, I want all of those changes done. It's like, whoa, well, because people working because they have nothing else to do. Yeah. So I, anyway, it's not, it's not like a, this is how it is, works for everybody. It really depends on the person, but for the business owner and I coach a few now because they call me all like I don't know what I'm gonna do with my people. I'm like, don't concentrate on the people. Do not. You're not gonna control them. If 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 somebody doesn't want to be controlled, you, there's no way they're still gonna do whatever they wanna do. What you need to ask yourself is what is the most important thing in the business? Obviously, is productivity and profitability. So instead of thinking how long that person is working, look what they produced, and what are the results are if they were still producing, if they're still giving good report, good programming or whatever, you know, then who cares how long they're working and who cares how are they working as long as they're producing? Because, you know, when you're purchasing um, something in the store, you know, it, it, you don't, you don't think, Oh, you know, the person was working on the shoe 
uh, for 15 hours, I'm going to buy it. And, and this shoe was worth only 10 hours on it, so I'm not going to buy it. No, you look at something as a, as a product already is finished. And then you see the value in that. That's what the product you buy. It's not how long somebody was working on it. So if somebody's a business owner and the project manager, whoever it is, and they worry so much and stressing out how to control other people, it's like you cannot control other people. They, you can have an illusion you're controlling, but you cannot. Just pay attention what the results are. Are you still um, on track with your goals? Are you st they still delivering? Deliverables needs to be your number one goal, not, not people controlling and managing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. I love how you, hand, you handled that question. Um, so from the business side of things, I know we, uh, I guess we got a, yeah, we got a few minutes here left. I was curious, uh, where do you find mo uh, where do you find people struggle most when building productive relationships? Uh, so productive, like business relationships or. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can, cause I know like in business, at least this is kind of a mantra that I've kind of, that's that I've stuck with. Um, it served me well as like, it all kind of breaks down to like building a personal relationship with somebody. So, um, just how do you, like, if there was a way to cultivate that, uh, if, or have you seen like people kind of struggling in that department, um, maybe can help some people like, Oh, I'm doing that. Or maybe I should avoid that. So uh, first we all need to understand that we're all different. And just because something's working for me, it doesn't mean it can work the same for you. Mm -hmm. uh, just going back yeah. to um, introverts and extroverts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have, a, I hear the introverts say, well, for example, just think about the business, like, oh, I, I, I hate going to networking. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk about myself. I don't like hanging out with people. So they like stressing out about that. Then, for example, the introverts, and they're like, oh, you know, I spend all my day on networking, and I don't have enough time to work on my projects. And so I think it's, it's, uh, you have to really do it in your, in, in, in your comfort, but you also need to remember that other people that you're dealing with, they're also very different. And um, I have, um, I, I have a, a, a coach that she reads faces from she made this um went to some course of chinese medicine something uh, and okay. i found it fascinating she was um a quick tip you know so for example if you look at somebody's um forehead and if the 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 distance between the hairline and the eyebrows is is big that's mean the person needs more details it's gonna take them more time to make a decision or they will listen to you more Okay. But if it is if it is a shorter distance, that's mean that person likes things done faster. Like, okay, tell me the points and I'll make a decision and we're done. Hmm. So why I'm saying this, we're all different. Right. So so just because something works for you, it doesn't mean it works for the other person. So uh, have to find ways what works for you. But also if you want to cultivate a relationship, you can uh, get clear on what is the best way to reach them. Because uh, when, you know, I go to networking, I, you know, there's so many business cards collected and there are people would be like, oh, I really want to meet for lunch and for coffee. And, and I already know that's going to take me like two, three hours just because I live in Houston. It's going to take me forever to get there. Then you're going to talk about nothing for an hour and then you're going to go home. And I'm like, I still have to be places and I have to do things and I have to manage my stress, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
I have to make sure I'm less stressed out as well. Yeah. So you need to say no to things. You need to say, hey, um, you know, so for example, if someone is an, an, an introvert and they don't really like traveling far and they don't want to spend this intimate, you know, drinking tea for two hours and talking about something, they can go into the comfort zone, but still reach out to other people and say, hey, would you mind if we talk over the phone for 10, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you prepare yourself and have some questions and, and you ask them, but it's better to ask the other person, what is the best way to get in touch with you? There are some people like talking in person. Some people like talking uh, over the phone or you can do Zoom meeting, you know, technology these days. Yeah. Um, or, or you just can message or you even write an email. And um, if that works not only in the business relationships or new, new relationships, but also with the other people in your office as well. Is like if you're a project manager, you need to think, okay, how is my individual and in my team, what do they like, how do they like to be approached? Because some people just like reading emails and they would hate uh, going to the boss's office to to hear something. Some Mm -hmm. people like that, you know, eye contact and they they want to have this one-on-one timing. So it really, we're all very different, but we need to find the ways, it's like in, in the best way, you know, it's um, um, Vanessa Edwards. She's she's really good. She's a, a people science company, I think. And she she uh, is re- she was saying, if you know, don't treat others as you want to be treated. That's the wrong way to do it. Treat others as they want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And it's simple. You know, you just need to ask, how do you want to be contacted? How do you want? You know, how? What's the best way to do? You know, relationship this. And there's some people who like meeting a lot and there are some people who could make decisions very easily. They're like, okay, I have five minutes. All right, what do you want? Okay, I made a decision. Okay, we're done. And some people take longer. So when you ask, you have to answer, treat them as you they, they want to be treated. And I think it starts there. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, so I, I know this can be stressful for, uh, someone trying to get their personal brand out there. So I wanted to address this. Um, and I was reading uh, recently, I was reading online that in order to be effective with building your presence on social media, you have to be releasing like four pieces of content across these platforms per day. So I was wondering what ideas do you have on managing the stress when running on the hamster wheel of social media and building your web presence? Uh, automation. <laughs> so um, I think it's important to set a time, let's say once a week and produce content and put it on the running. There's plenty of programs right now. They can do multiple uh, posting automatically through different platforms for you. It's like so many, it depends how much you want to invest in that, but you, First, you need to think, what am I continuously doing? And then automate it. Um, also, you need to remember, like in, in any business, is you don't have to wear all the hats. You know, there are some people mm-hmm. that are really good in doing something that you may be not that good or you hate doing. And um, I hear all the time, with, especially with the small businesses or, you know, solopreneurs, is like, oh, and I'm an accountant and I'm a social media now expert and I do my website, I do everything. And it's like, I don't have time to even breathe in, breathe out. It's like, some things are worth uh, outsourcing. And just think, what is the biggest value you can give to yourself in, in, in your business? Because there are some things that only you can do it. 
and there are some things that can be delegated and and could be just give to somebody who can do better and faster and you can give yourself uh, more time and less burnout and you can invest the time in talking with the clients or working on your project or, or whatever it is you don't have to do it all but with today's technology there's so many things that uh, they help you to manage your time and your energy levels that you, you know you should just let go and say you know what i'll help myself and there's so many business owners actually they think they have to keep their hands and everything they, they're afraid to delegate you know they, they're afraid oh they will, will not do it i'll do it the best it's like no you won't you just get sick at the end of it and then you'll learn because uh you know the the when i was doing a research for my first uh, um, online course i talked with a lot of people who all had uh, businesses and the established businesses that the there was the bosses they they were not stressed at all and they said the biggest thing that they did um what changed their lives it was learning how to delegate and they said as soon i realized that i should not be good in everything and there are other people who can do better than me and why not outsource this automated and make myself uh, more time and energy that I can spend on something else. Hmm. Yeah, that leads me actually into my next question here. I was wondering if someone is struggling with uh, basically with not delegating like they, sh they should be, uh, what are some steps they could take to kind of ease themselves into this like new world of, yeah, you don't have to do everything? Uh, I think it, it, not delegating it has to do with the trust. Okay. So trust, as you know, is uh, something that you need to build. Mm -hmm. So I would say if there's a, um, a, let's say a project manager that always needs to do something small that they shouldn't be doing, but they're doing, they should give it to somebody else, maybe a little part of it and say, let me see how that goes. You know, just, just, just try out or, or, or let that, uh, the other person to do something that's maybe um, will not you know, even if they will mess up, it's not a big deal. Like it's easier to fix. Like it's like a tryout. Like yeah. just just try out and then just just give it to them and see how they will handle. Another thing is, um, what the majority of uh, uh, there was a research done about um, that a lot of people they don't even know what they're supposed to do to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's like the the job description is so vague, or they're like, well, I don't know what am I supposed to do. It's like so it's a lack of communication, and in the delegation is first you need to um, know what you specifically what needs to be done then when you tell the other person you need to give them details how you know what do you expect don't think they're going to read your mind because no nobody can do that kind of thing so mm -hmm. tell them exactly what you want teach them how to do it better yet write it down have uh, training videos notebooks whatever is a checklist checklist works like magic because then you know you just make sure everybody you know you do this and this and this and yeah. um and then explain them and tell them if you don't know uh come to me now i will explain to you and always check check in with them do you, do you are we still good do you still good and and have to remember also um, there are some people who will not come for the help. They need to be approached because they, you know, they're introverts, they're shy, they think, oh, I'm not going to go to ask for help because if I'll go for help, they, they think, I don't know, I'm stupid, they're going to fire me, you know, all, all kinds of things. So when you're delegating, you need to be clear, tell them what you want, uh, show them the steps how to do it, tell them that there will be help. And then after 
this is all done, then you can look at the result and say, you know what, they did actually a good, 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 good thing. And now I'm, you know, I can give them else something else to do. It's just mm-hmm. a matter really of trusting. And if that person didn't do it, then you need to think, okay, what didn't work? And ask them, okay, why didn't you do it that way? And it could be also personality type. Maybe also they're not good for that kind of job that you gave them to do. Mm-hmm. And then you need to find another person. But uh, just thinking of, oh, nobody can do better than me. That's, that's nonsense. You know, you, you can do other things that nobody else can do. And that's what you need to concentrate on. But as soon as you start delegating, it's like, you know, like, um, like a toddler, you know, when they, they have the, the shoes untied, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to tie the shoes over and over every single day. It's like, well, guess what? If you teach them how to tie the shoes, it'll save so much of headache and time. So it's, <laughs> you know, the same works with, with delegating. And I think when you trust other people and we all want to do the best. And when you appreciate others and say, hey, you know, you did a good job. You know, you, you know appreciation can go a very long way. Hmm. That's, that's really awesome. Uh, I, I, I need to start working on that. Cause I am, I definitely feel like I'm on a hamster wheel and I'm with just like promoting the podcasts and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that, I think the only way out is probably delegation. Like I am super int- like the next time we talk, like I better have done some delegation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then this is where the coaching comes, you know, because yeah. the coach is accountability, accountability part. Like, did you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So actually, I was curious about this. Uh, what insight have you gained from your coaching and speaking experience on how to build high quality personal relationships kind of rapidly? Because I'd imagine you have to do this pretty quick in, in like the first meeting or in the first 20 minutes of a speech or something like that, right? I think the first, um, um, well, it depends on the someone that you're talking with, they're ready for what you're giving them. Mm. I, I really like the saying I learned when I came to this country is you can take the horse to the river, but you cannot make them drink it. Yeah. And if that horse is not ready to drink it, you can push him, pay him, still not going to drink it. So, but yeah. it could be that you told them here is the river. And then they're not ready now, but maybe in a week or two, they say, you know what? I remember there was a river. I'm going to go drink it now. Yeah. But I, I think, um, you know, the all in all sales, what they say, it takes seven to eight messages to get in touch with someone that they actually, um, they finally buy. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you for me, <laughs> they don't need to touch me seven, eight times. If they are still talking to me about the same thing, product for the eighth time, I probably would not talk to them anymore. So right. it really depends again on the person. Are they ready to hear what is given to them and what value they getting from that? Because everyone has their own needs at a given moment. But I learned one thing. If somebody really needs something, they will find a way how to do it. They will find the money, how to buy that. They will find time when to do it. It's just mm-hmm. a matter, you know, how painful it is. What, you know, what it is. So, but you know, if, if you, if you're going to talk to a group of people who are just lost their jobs and you're going to talk about how to find them a perfect boat uh, and you know, they're probably going to be like, whatever, but yeah. what do they need? You know, the people who need to find a new job, probably you need to tell them how to write a resume. So mm-hmm. you need to find the need and one day write it because no matter how much you're going to push, you can give the value and, and, and throw the seeds, right? And then say, hey, I'm here, I can help you. 
but they will come to their own timing to they are the ones who are making decisions you just have to you know give value show that you care and 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 that way you can attract people who are ready to do it yeah that makes a lot of sense and so it's not a like like the sales process i would imagine hasn't really changed then even if we're all in a remote environment now it's just like spreading those seeds and making sure that people know where they can go get their, their cup filled up. Uh, if that pain becomes, you know, too painful, I guess. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what are, uh, three tips that you could offer on how to effectively network with people? I know we touched on this, but I just really want to drive it home. Well, I also think, um, the one thing what I hate about networking to see people, how, they come in and then they give you a business card and then run off. Yeah. It's like, you know, you end up with 28 business cards. You don't remember those people anymore. It's, it's not about passing the, the business card and running away. It's, it's about you showing your true self, I think. Because people always recognize when you're, when you're fake and when you're trying to get a sale and when we really genuinely you know, care of listening to others. Mm-hmm. Also, you need to help other people. It's like you always think, how can I promote them? How can, you know, make their life easier? And um, following, it's like any other relationship. You're building a relationship with our friends or for anyone. It's like you care about them genuinely. And in, especially now we have so, so much of social media. It's like you help them, um, you know, to achieve the goal. And then uh, and you, you uh, post, uh, repost the, whatever the information they're sharing. And then there will be time that you can approach them and say, hey, you know, would you like to do this together with me? Mm-hmm. And it's all, all about, um, show, it's all comes to, you know, it's human relationships about trust and if in being open and sincere. And if you are being fake or you're running away from people, that's probably not going to work. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was also curious, are there certain attributes of people that you work with where you've noticed, okay, this person is most likely going to be getting results when I work with them versus somebody else who maybe doesn't have these attributes. Like they, they, they approach you, they pay the same amount of money, but one person gets results and the other one doesn't. Is there, is there some kind of pattern you see with, with like the, the attributes of them? Um, I think it's how many complaints I hear. That's how it starts. If, if I say, alrighty, what is your goal? All right. So now we're done. We're going to do this. Let's say pick three little things you're gonna do through the day. Okay. And and then they're like, oh no, I there's no way I'm gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. And then I meet them in the week and I say, okay, did you do it? Oh, no, like the, the excuses, the excuses, the excuses. Like anything else, you know, it's the same. Just because you bought a cooking book, it doesn't mean you're gonna have a lovely dinner. You still need to cook it. Yeah. So just because somebody hired me as a coach, it doesn't mean now they will be less stressed out. It's like, you still need to do the work. But mm-hmm. if somebody already starting with excuses and, and then also, oh, it's not my fault. You know, my, 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 my husband couldn't, didn't let me do it. It's like, that's not true. You're the one who just decided that you're not gonna do it. There is no such a thing as trying. Trying is, is like, you, you just find an excuse not to do it. And mm-hmm. I think everything is, starts with the excuses. I the more I hear the excuses, that's mean the person is really not ready and they're still going to find any way how not to do it. And the sad part is they're going to spend their time, their money, and they'll be like, oh, you know what, coaching didn't work. It's like, oh, you didn't do the job. It's like, yeah. you know, like weight loss. 
just because uh, you're looking at the video but you're not doing anything that's not going to help mm-hmm. takes action and you need to take action and be on top of things yeah it's like it's almost just sitting kind of backseat driver here it's like one person has the capability of accepting responsibility for themselves and the other one is like oh no no it's like not it's not me it's like uh, the world is <laughs> that's yeah, kind of what i'm hearing yeah, and, and the world and the economy and the government and yeah. my mom and then dad and my sister and my husband <laughs> and my wife and everybody and there you go and that's why I'm fat and unhappy. <laughs> you know, nobody shoved that donut though you you know down your throat. <laughs> you did it yourself. Nobody put the gun in your head and say, yeah. Now you're gonna think this. So, you know, we find we find excuses, but it all starts that because you know it's we it's all about survival, you know. We don't like mm-hmm. to go outside of our comfort zone. So it is scary, but that's what the growth is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's excellent. Thanks for reminding us uh, about that. Um, so I know you've you've done uh, two books. I saw on Amazon. Uh, so I was curious uh, if somebody in the audience was looking to publish a book but had little to no following. What would be your message to them? So if uh, somebody is thinking about. Uh, creating a book they now need to actually start building following because this is what happened with me when I uh, got the book out and I'm like all right now I'm ready to be a best-selling author and guess what nothing happened (laughs) nobody bought anything because well they don't even know me Um, there's so many books especially books it's like millions of books every day uh, that you can read and so if you already have uh, I I read uh, there was a book written something publishing on fire or how to sell books on like on fire or something like that. I, I forgot that was years ago I read. And it's like you you constantly need to tell others before you even publish a book, you say, uh, I am the upcoming, I'm the author of upcoming books, so-and-so. Or you put in your signature, um, the author of upcoming book. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, you say, oh, my book is going to be in three months. And you, it's like, you have to treat this like a, you know, like whatever new movie comes up, they always mm. have a previews and they, they tell you, here's the countdown and you need to get people excited. But the more people will know about what you're doing and what's coming up, the more they will be excited to look forward to that. So when you say, hey, here's the book, they're like, oh my God, finally arrived, you know, go now, I can get it. Mm-hmm. So you need to start uh, building your fan base and people who are who want to hear what you want to teach them or what you want to show them, you need to start way before, like you have an idea about, you want a book, this is the moment for you to really, really get those, those people in and show value that, you know, and attract them that you can give more value when you have a book. Because when you have a book already published, that's ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually I really liked the, uh, the, the methodology that you used where you, so you had done so much coaching and then you found these patterns where you're repeating yourself it was almost like the book was a, like a tool that they could use to even maybe like save themselves some money and then, uh, yeah. and, and open you up for more kind of like engaging help or like take your help to the next level because they had this tool that was kind of like, like, yeah, a lot of people ask these questions or whatever. So I thought that was a really cool strategy. It, it spoke to me at least. So. And, and, you know, and actually it was kind of, uh, it's interesting how, um, uh, my goal is to, get my message out and tell everyone to say, Hey, you know, stress management doesn't have to be so stressful and you can do this. And, and you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be suffering, you know, like you can do this. You can. 
And then I, I, you know, I, I meet people who on, you know, they, Oh, I really would like doing coaching, but I don't have the money or I cannot buy an online program. And I tell them, you know, go get the book, you know, and, and it just, it, it doesn't cost hundreds of dollars. It's very affordable. And also you can come back to it, whatever you need something or, you know, coaching of course is good. Online programs are good, but books are good too, because it's just all condensed and just right to the point and you can help yourself that way. And so my message is to, you know, my goal is to get my message out. So if, if somebody can buy a book and, and help themselves that way, it's like, wow, you know, it made my day. And I, mm -hmm. I also have people who buy my book and then, then they say, you know, I, I read your book and I, I, I think I need one-on-one -on -one coaching or they read my book and they said, um, I think you need to come and do a lunch alarm in my company or somebody give them uh, as a gift, my book for, for Christmas, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, for those people who have um, everything in the world, but they're all still stressing. It's like, I don't know what to give to my sister for Christmas. It's like, we'll give her a stress management book. So I'm <laughs> sure she's stressing out, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's a good gift. It's something that's very valuable, but it doesn't cost that much. So it kind of goes both ways. And somebody got the book and then they wanted to work with me more or somebody who really wants to work with me more and a book can be as an alternative. Yeah, I like there's like incremental steps with how uh, they can work with you and everybody's different, like you're saying. So maybe the book does it for some people, maybe other people need that one-on-one. -on -one and so it's kind of like easier for people to find you in general. So yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I did want to change the topic a little bit to some like stress management metrics, kind of like the whole AI thing. We wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing my job here if we didn't talk about some data driven stuff. So uh, I was curious um, if you could design an artificial intelligence to help people manage stress, what would be some metrics that you would like to optimize? Uh, I have some examples like burnout, overwhelm, time management, sleep. Is there, I don't want to fill your brain. I want like the, the genuine answers. So I didn't want to share too many uh, ideas there, but. So um, in my perfect world, uh, we should have a test of the personality. So you will know, uh, are you introvert, extrovert, uh, you know, what you prefer. Also, um, I think it's very important to um, sleep well. And um, we all have different patterns. I, I like, um, I recommend everyone to go online and, and find the test. Um, what's your, um, not your sleep number, no, your, your sleep animal or something like that. Okay. Dr. Sleep, if you look for, 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 if you Google up, there is a test that actually tells you what kind of animal you are. Okay. Like, you know, compare. So like, for example, I'm a wolf, you know, and my husband is a beer and um, beer, beer. Sorry, my English. sometimes. <laughs> I, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it, it's, it's a different sleep patterns. So for example, if you have an, um, an employee who you expect that employee to be at five o'clock in the morning at work, and I'm a wolf who likes to sleep in, but I work late hours into the night, I'm not going to be productive. So so I think if, if I have a work environment and I get a new employee, I want to know what the natural, you know, what's the cycle of where they sleep? Um, what, um, what are the introvert, extrovert? Do they like to talk to other people? Do they prefer having a, a meeting one-on-one -on -one in person or they will rather just get an email from me? Uh, is, are they fast thinkers, you know, like, or, or do you want, you know, they fast on things or they take them time? So, you know, going back to, um, to, to the coach that I know that she, she teaches salespeople actually how to read other people's faces and 
say, okay, so they will take decision. They will not. Um, one a funny thing about nose. If you look at the person and you can see the the, the nostrils, you know, like that's the, the nose is more up. That's mean they uh they spend money. So you don't have to talk a lot to them. But if you cannot see, you know, the the little nose holes, then that's mean they they kind of tight on the money. So that's mean they're gonna need more persuasion and more facts and, and things like that. So I'm just saying we all very different. So if we can have a test that, you know, what was it in Japan somewhere, they, they give you a handwriting test and then they say, oh, this is what the personality type you are. So um, I think if we can have a testing that it, it, it does not put us in the one place, it's like, well, if you're sleeping till nine o'clock, you know, then you are, you are a bad employee. No, we need to understand we're all different. And if, I would be an employer. I would like to have a system that I will know more about the people that I'm hiring. And then I will can provide those things to them. You know, like if somebody likes to sleep in, but they're going to work longer hours, I would like to provide that to, to them. Mm-hmm. So they like in their element and they, you know, they get feel productive and, and they produce more and they happier as well. Um, and also for, for those things sitting constantly on the desk, I think that we all should have a, where the computer shuts down or has these big letters and say, now you need to stand up and breathe in. You know, yeah. it's like, a, or it says, close your eyes. And then the chair start vibrating and kicks you <laughs> out. So you can walk around somewhere, you know, uh, I think, yeah. you know, the technology can definitely can help us, but also we, I think the overwhelm of trying to catch up with everything and be on top of everything. And we continuously having multiple apps jumping all at us that, we need to manage our time and say from, from, for example, from nine to 10, I'm checking email from 11 to noon. This is my meetings. And the more control you have of the situations, then the, the less stressed out you are. Mm, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I was curious, uh, cause typically with like, if you're building some sort of prediction model, the thing has to be trained on some data uh, in order for it to make these make predictions on new data that it's never seen. So I was curious, what would be some sources of training data to teach these models that way we can make some cool AI to help people manage their stress? I know, so I have a, like a sleeping ring and it tracks like a bunch of data for, for my sleep. Like how, how long I, like, am I awake when I'm sleeping? Uh, deep sleep. Um, like when I typically go to bed, it has like an actual sleep number. I, <laughs> yeah, they, very good they call it an aura ring. Uh, but I was curious, like, like I would imagine something like this might be one of the inputs, but I was just curious if you had any ideas, like there's these personality tests. Is there any other like data sources that you could think of that we might be able to use to train this AI? Hmm. I think I probably need to think more about that one <laughs> since I don't, um, really have something right now to tell you that what we could use. No, I, I guess my answer will be, I think you should Google up because I don't know. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank, thank you uh, for your honesty there. And uh, what techniques do you use to ensure a good night's sleep? Um, I think we first, we need to know when is our uh, time to sleep and you uh, like to sleep in or you like to wake up earlier. Um, do you like napping? Uh, also, it's very important to be, <laughs> it's, it's very good. I heard the perfect nap is 20 minutes. Okay. 
and longer than that you just you, you know it's, you, you already uh, can feel tired and no. also i heard uh, um it's good idea when you just wake up you need to get up and go on because then you just drift in into another sleep cycle and then you just sleep for the rest of your day hmm. um I've, of course it's very important to have a uh, right temperature and it shouldn't be too hot too cold um but i read somewhere research that says it's, uh, it's better to sleep in like 75 degrees 72 again it depends on the person so yeah. you need to find what, what's your temperature and uh, the not stare at the computer or your or your phone at least an hour before mm -hmm. and don't especially don't watch the news <laughs> before trying to go to sleep yeah. but uh, i think the key is for everyone need to try out different things and see what works for them mm -hmm. Yeah, the news thing, you bring that up. I, uh, it's maybe a long story, not too interesting, but basically uh, my TV in college got a hole punched into it while I was gone vacation. And I never <laughs> bought another TV. And it was a blessing in disguise. I mean, it's been uh, maybe like nine, nine years now since that's happened. And uh, I just, I don't watch TV. And uh, yeah, so, but unplugging from the matrix if you want to not have stress from the news, don't watch the news. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the, these are just kind of some closing questions. I know we're kind of at the end here. Uh, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Um, I remember I was watching on PBS, Dr. Amen, and um, he said, um, when you're 20 years old, you're so worried who about the opinion of others, what they think about you. When you're 40 years old, you think, you know what? I don't give a damn what others think about me. And then when you, you are 60, you realize nobody were thinking about you. <laughs> so I think it's like, just relax. It's not that complicated. You know, just because uh, you're thinking something about you, it doesn't mean everybody else is thinking about you. They're all thinking about themselves. So just, you know, it just, we just make too important everything just makes such a big importance but in the in the long run that doesn't matter many things really don't matter mm -hmm. awesome yes and uh who is somebody well i should probably preface this so if i had to boil down like my entire uh like my personal brand it's like massive action i'm all about that and so i was curious for you who is someone that you think of as a role model for taking massive action this could be your neighbor or like a famous person, it doesn't matter. I'm just curious, like, what are the attributes? Why are they kind of that role model for you for taking massive action? Um, Mel Robbins. Okay. Yep, I really like her um, five seconds rule. It's like, we talk ourselves out of so many things and again, overthink it and what other things and it's, it's about the state of mind that you're taking control of, like, you know, you can stress yourself with negative thinking because also you can hold yourself back from things. And if you're not going to do stuff, stuff's not going to get done. Hmm. The five second rule. I got to check that out. <laughs> you mean you don't know about it? Just I don't know about it. I don't know. I, I guess I gotta, yeah, I gotta get on it. Y yes. Yes, you should. I'm going to check on you like in a <laughs> yeah. few more weeks. I'm going to, did you read it? Did you, you know, there's like a short video or something that you can get everything in a nutshell. Okay. It works. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to check that out. Uh, what career advice would you give your teenage self? I will say 
to listen to my inner self and do things that I want to do, no matter what others say won't work. Awesome. And uh, what is the most important personal development books that we should read this year? Maybe like, definitely probably your book, I'm thinking. Is there, <laughs> is there any other uh, books that come to mind, I guess? Well, uh, I would recommend um, John Gray book, um, you know, from the series of Men and Women and Mars and all of that. But uh, there was a whole book written how women and men handle stress differently. Okay. And, um, and I think there was lots of research done and in, in put into that book that really gives examples. And I think um, a lot of stress coming from, you know, dealing with other people. So if you understand others and what to give to yourself and others, I think life will be so much easier and we can weather any storm, any, any hurricane that's coming as long as, you know, we know that we all in this together and help each other out. Awesome. Cool. And uh, so we've talked about all kinds of things today on the show. And I was curious, what is the message that you want the audience to, to leave the interview with? Um, I think nobody should be ashamed of taking care of themselves. Because if you cannot take care of yourself, you cannot take care of others. That's, that is profound. Thank you for sharing. And what is the call to action? We've got a website uh, that we can send people to for your courses. Uh, where do they go connect with you? Is that on LinkedIn? Uh, their, your book is on Amazon. What is like your call to action? The, the floor is yours. The, um, I, the website is very easy to remember. It's called beamazingyou.com. And uh, there you can find the, the links to my other podcast and also where to buy the book, uh, where to buy the online courses and how to schedule um, a session coaching one-on-one. -on -one. And you can also fill up there a questionnaire if you want to hire me to speak to your team. Amazing. Well, Lolita, this has been an, uh, a fantastic, amazing experience. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and sharing uh, all your knowledge bombs uh, to help us live a longer life, a more enjoyable life. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting. Absolutely.